The scripture text for this morning's message as we think about family priorities is from the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 6 and reading through verse 16. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes on all those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be associated with them, for once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over the past several years, our pastoral team has heard a recurring theme from families within our church family. Uh, we have heard over and over again the cry for more time. And we've decided that a phrase that really works for us is to describe the reality that families today are time-starved. If you're like most families in the last few years, you've said something like, oh, if things would just slow down, if we could just push the pause button, if the merry-go-round could stop, if we just had time to enjoy one another, not so many activities, we could just stay home. Be careful what you ask for, right? Who knew that this pandemic would give us that prayer answered in spades? Maybe not the way we'd planned it. But still in the midst of that, there is this striving to understand what comes first, a sense of priorities. Whenever I think of priorities, I, I always go back to some basic uh, learning that happened in my life through some psychology courses in college. Abraham Maslow developed what's called the hierarchy of needs. And it's, and it's so fundamental and it's so workable and so applicable in every situation. If you can see this illustration, uh, he described the needs of a human being uh, as a sort of pyramid. And the base, the foundation of it all, of course, uh, would be the physiological needs, food, water, warmth, and rest, those very basic creature needs that we have. And then right on top of that, not far behind that, would be the need for safety and security, then on up to belonging and love, and then our esteem needs of prestige and accomplishment, and finally the crowning in terms of our needs, the need to self-actualize, to reach our full potential. And he reminded us that if people's basic needs, our basic physiological needs are not met, we don't really have a lot of time and attention to pay to the needs at the top of that pyramid. 
But I also find this pyramid instructive in another way concerning what we're going through with COVID-19. We're all feeling the push and pull of reopening, uh, going back to some semblance of normal, but yet at the same time resisting that because of fear of the spread of the disease. And notice that right in the middle, uh, there is that, that need for safety and security, and right above it, the need for belonging and love. And as badly as we want to experience one another and love and fellowship, we know that foundational just under that is the need for safety, to be free from disease. And so this sort of highlights this constant tension that our society is feeling right now as we grapple with all of our needs. But having said all that, looking at that, that pyramid, the question still comes, how do we order priorities? How do we build our lives? And it's fascinating that 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul had some wisdom for us that would apply in this 21st century. I want to highlight two very simple things that I believe Paul is addressing to help us with family priorities and personal priorities. And the first is this. This text is inviting us to constantly be re-evaluating our priorities, to be constantly remeasuring what things we value. Stop and ask yourself, what do I really love? What's most important to me and to my family? Whom do I love? Who are the most precious people to me? Is my life organized around those things that I most value? You know, I heard a psychologist speaking to a large group several years ago, and he said, stress comes to our lives when our behavior does not match up with what we claim our values are. Notice the phrase, what we claim our values are. He said stress comes when there's distance between our real behavior and our claimed values. We begin to feel that, that conflict that goes on in our lives. It's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul would couch a discussion of priorities uh, in language of resurrection. He talks about how we should no longer live in darkness, no longer get our cues from culture, but instead live in the light of the risen Christ. In fact, in verse 14, he says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's that resurrection theme that we have new marching orders, that the resurrection of Christ changes everything, changes who we are, changes our sense of hope, lets us know that life with God is never going to end, frees us up to live for the things that really matter and to see time in a completely different light because we're in this relationship with our Creator. So the resurrection changes everything. We no longer have to get our signals from culture. And believe me when I say, if we do not get to our calendars first with our priorities, the world around us 
will fill in those calendars and try to dictate to us what our priorities should be. And so there's this constant reevaluation of priorities, a constant remeasuring of the things we value. So that when a family would sit down and talk about priorities, that's not a one and done experience. It's not like you do it one time and then you never revisit it over the course of two or three years. Because life is always shifting. Life is always moving. New demands are coming uh, into our home, into our lives. So there's this constant resetting of priorities with the backdrop of the risen Christ shining light on our lives. About a year and a half ago, two delightful people came to our church uh, to uh, share a family life conference, Mark and Lisa Scandrett. Uh, they do a lot of family conferences. They've written extensively about family. And they do a lot of online videos about family life. And they are big fans of what they call the family meeting. At least once a week, families need to have a family meeting. And in that family meeting, the family revisits their family purpose statement, why this family exists, what this family values, and they look at their expenses, they look at how they've been spending their time, they look at their attitudes and their relationships, and they have this family meeting where the good and the bad can be discussed as they reprioritize and set a new course for the coming week. You might check it out. You might try it and see what difference it could make in your family as you wrestle with priorities. So the first thing that Paul lifts up for us is the constant reevaluating of priorities, the constant reexamination of what we say we value. And building on that, the second thing he addresses in this text is that we need to be at a place where we receive each day as a gift from God. To be in a position to daily receive the gift of that day. Now that sounds so simple, but it's something we forget to do. Paul says it very clearly. In verse 15, he says, be careful then how you live. Live wisely. Then he goes into verse 16, making the most of the time. Paul is using the language of commerce from his day. Uh, we would say that he's using the language of the stock market because he is literally saying, taken from the Greek text, corner the market on time. Buy up time. Make time count. Gather it. Treat it delicately because it's so precious. There's a language of intensity here. There's a language of intentionality here where Paul is saying there is nothing more precious in our lives than time. And there's nothing more priceless to us than time. So we need to make sure, Paul says, that we always receive the gift of each day. It's a gift. And we need to never waste it. I thought recently on this theme about uh, 
Henry David Thoreau's book, Walden. I brought my copy of that book. Uh, It's such a classic. You know that Thoreau uh, went to live at Walden Pond, and he lived there for an extended period of time and wrote about it. Uh, His focus was on simplifying. His focus was on setting life priorities. And it was a rich experience for him. He shared it with us, and this book is still a classic. One of the things that he says in that book sort of surprises me. He, he says, yes, it's good to have a, a guiding star, a north star that would sort of always direct us. But he said, you know, the idea of a star is too remote and too far off. It, it's too someday. He said the thing that should really guide our lives is what he calls the now and here. I like the way he turns that and flips that phrase, not the here and now, but he said, we need to be guided in life by the now and here. And he talked about how many of us miss today because we're so focused on that distant star. Remember what Paul said? Live wisely and make the most of the day. Make the most of the time. Don't waste it. Buy it up. Time is precious. I remember uh, many years ago when our uh, first grandson would visit us here in Jefferson City, uh, we would always take him to the Capitol Mall and he liked to ride the rides, the, you know, the quarter or the token that was put in and he'd ride the horsey and then there'd be the option of riding a race car or Uh, riding a little rocket ship. And one of the things that fascinated me is that I'd get him situated on the horse, put the token in, and he would start to ride the horse and start to enjoy it. But before long, he was looking over his shoulder at what he was going to do next. He was looking over his shoulder to see what was coming next, and he was not enjoying the moment. He was not enjoying the right now. Do you know anybody like that? We're so busy thinking about tomorrow, worrying about next month or next year, or trying to look at the big picture that we miss today. We miss our now and here. Paul says, buy up the time, making the most of the time. A hit TV series uh, was uh, the, the series entitled The Office. Uh, it, was, it was a great and insightful and funny and fun series about all of these characters who worked in the same office. And in the very final episode of the entire series, uh, the cast began to wax very nostalgic. And Andy one of the lead characters, uh, is beginning to reflect on the fact that life is going to change for all of the characters in this story. Great transition were, uh, transitions were happening, and, and Andy is, is very wistful as he talks about that. And there's this beautiful line in the closing episode where Andy says this, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. I wish there was a way 
to know that you're in the good old days right now before you've left them instead of always having to look back and wish that you had enjoyed it more. Isn't that profound? It's exactly what the Apostle Paul was saying about building personal and family priorities. That we don't waste the day. That we buy up the time. That we make the most of the time. As he says in Ephesians 5, 16. You know this pandemic has had devastating impact on our nation and world. But I keep seeing people and hearing people discuss some blessings that have come in the midst of it all. Would you agree that maybe there's been a call on your life and your family to simplify a little bit? Would it be safe to say that maybe after going through this sheltering in place, uh, you've made some discoveries that, that you don't always have to be so busy, that you don't have to do quite as much. I saw on Facebook uh, a profound challenge. Someone said, take a piece of paper and list all of the things in your life that won't change because of COVID-19. Maybe you should do that today. Instead of fretting and lamenting all that's lost. Make a list of things that cannot be taken away from you, that, that do not change in the midst of this disease. Your family, hopefully your health, your home, uh, the ability to live life in a free country, uh, the gift of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the fresh start that he gives us every morning, the changelessness of God's love and his strong arms and hands of caring. The list goes on and on as we measure and evaluate the things that will not change because of a relationship that we have with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It's my prayer today that you and your family can sense the leading of, your, of the Holy Spirit as we think about setting and resetting life's priorities. Pray with me. Gracious and loving God, by your Holy Spirit, sweep through our lives and open our hearts. Speak to us, direct us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. I want to take just a moment before we go to once again thank you for being a part of this worship experience. We're always grateful for that. We're always grateful for uh, your faithfulness in tithes and offerings as you give online or mail your checks in because ministry is still going on at First Baptist and through First Baptist to the community and to the world. Thank you for your faithfulness. I want to take just a word and say to you as your pastor, I love you so very much. I, I love you very much, and I, and I ache to get to be with you again someday. But in the meantime, we're thankful for this opportunity of sharing. I want to thank you for the encouragement you've given us during these very unusual days uh, as we've tried to carry forth ministry. Uh, you've been very kind and very supportive. 
I do want to uh, say a word about uh, plans for the future. Uh, as you might know, we hear many voices and many opinions about how our church should proceed in phases of reopening. I want you to know that always at the center of our planning is the commitment to love as Christ loves and to be good neighbors and to be aware uh, that we want to practice neighbor love by not spreading sickness and by being very careful uh, in the way that we uh, bear witness in our communities to that, to that commitment and, and that belief. Now, we have had conversations with medical professionals and we've uh, consulted health departments and our church leadership unanimously has agreed that we need to, to go very slowly in any kind of reopening plan. Slow is better. And we know that's not the news that everybody wants to hear. But we believe it is safe and we believe it is much wiser. Uh, we are working on phases. Uh, we have some phases sort of penciled in, uh, but we will... Uh, let you know more about that this week in some publications. Suffice it to say, for the immediate future, we're still going to be worshiping this way, virtual worship only. Because again, we want to err on the side of caution because we believe that's the best witness for our community and to our community as we uh, uh, take note of the best medical and scientific data. Now, I'm so thankful for the staff and volunteers for all of the hard work that, uh, that people are doing, uh, working as hard or harder than ever as we attempt to continue to carry on ministry. And we will keep you informed and we will, uh, we will move as quickly as we can, but as wisely as we can, as we seek to bear witness in this community and take care of you, our congregation. I want to remind you to be back with us next week. We will conclude this series on... Uh, home repair and maintenance. It will be an opportunity for us to wrap up that series, but also next week, we're going to honor our graduates. We are so very thankful for all of our high school graduates, and they have had a tough spring. So we want to make them feel very special. We're going to have a special video next Sunday. We're going to have a special uh, insert recognition that you can download, and you can celebrate with them uh, this great milestone in their lives. We thank you for your presence today. And we pray that you have a blessed day and a blessed week. Take care.